Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is not Megan, but yeah. I am the substitute Brandon. Hey, what's up, guys? And as you can tell from the voice, that's not Megan. Um, Megan is uh, setting this one out for t- this episode. And for my guest, um, not a bonus episode, just a fill-in for today, is Brandon. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm the sub-in. <laughs> but hey, I, I listen religiously and I love what you guys do, so... I'm always here to help out when I can. And hey, we're on the team, so why not, right? Yeah, well, that's more of a connection than just, you know, listen, you know, also a member of No Quarter Paranormal, our fearless leader. And in yes, the previous bonus episode, we did a whole episode on the now. team. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun episode. Uh, most of the time, we try to do a haunted update in the beginning, but I can't think of one other than was um, it the we, graveyard. Yeah, we had a, I would say it's a more, Oh, it was pretty much shut closed type situation, but uh, uh, we like to do what's considered like check-ins are kind of like when you do, when you visit patients after surgeries and such like that, but uh, revisit a local area um, in Maysville, North Carolina cemetery locally, um, just making sure things were still feeling good for the most part. It was, um, we were able to cross a few more people over that needed help and kind of look into a field nearby. That's uh, definitely got some, some cryptid vibes for sure. But uh, definitely native too. It's really awesome. Yeah, I remember the. I guess one of the weirdest thing was uh, the the lake or quarry that's near the open mm-hmm. field. Uh, me, you weren't with us at the moment, uh, but me, Mike, and Erica were there, and we kept hearing it sounds like kadunk into the water, like loud, like someone threw a rock in there, and we didn't see any ripples, nor did I see any water splash up. And then that's the only thing I heard it again clearly. Like I thought to a point that someone was over there messing with us. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, that's probably one of the weird things that happened that night. It was um, pretty cool. It was also cool to hear because um, me and Mike went, yeah, when we went back and then we were at the edge and then we heard a response, a native response, like in a whisper. And then when we, uh, I believe it's you, you're midway in the field and you shine the flashlight and it's me and him, but there's a third shadow in the middle. That was really cool. So just having those two things happen back to back, that was really phenomenal. Probably the best, like, true like in-person native response back that i've heard so i thought that was really cool yeah that's a good thing about having you here that you have more of a in-depth response yeah yes yes yeah. um but on to today's subject uh today is all about haunted mirrors and some objects as well um and a few different haunted mirrors we've talked about in the past but um i thought since Megan can't make it this episode that you'd be uh, one of the best ones because you've had experience with haunted mirrors and objects. yes yes yeah. um, whether it's a public location or private residence that we've come across in the past um, definitely uh, something to be had for sure especially in mirrors um, mirrors are like the big one but objects as well I've come across quite a few of those as well so yeah uh, probably get into some of your stories from the past because I know you had a few um but the one that is most recent dealing with, we didn't know it was haunted until we got uh, there. Yeah. And after it was at the uh, Web Memorial Library. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that, sorry, excuse me. And it had to do with um, what we didn't think about the mirrors in the bathroom. Right. Yep. Didn't we get a response over like the, um, the SB7 talking about the mirrors? Yeah. The actual SB7 itself. Yeah. Um, my brother had it and he was listening. And then it kept saying, well, we split off in teams because. It's two stories, but it's still somewhat of a smaller one, especially with a somewhat bigger team. So split off in groups of three. And then I believe it was after you, me, you and me left. It was the third group in, which I think was Mike and, and Erica. And then that's where the responses were coming. And then that's where the, the feeling was. And then else outside was starting to write and um, start to, illustrate what she was feeling and then there was someone that was extremely mad and that was coming from the bathroom area so that's when i sent you back inside and that's where stuff started happening there that's right you weren't with me for some reason i thought you were no we got no. the message on the way out and then they got it while they're in there and then elsa was giving me that warning and i was like oh i'll send in the, the big gun so that's when i sent <laughs> you in with mike and nerica yeah and I remember because we got a, a message earlier that night saying something. I guess it's like a sideways haunted update, but also a story at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a message earlier that 
evening talking about uh, room Elsa drew with a mirror in it. And that's why they looked and checked all the mirrors in the, uh, on the place. Cause we've, we've, uh, we've encountered a mirror before that's supposedly from an assailant asylum that's there at the Memorial uh, library that supposedly had dark energy around it. I, I felt it coming from it, but I pulled it recently as one of the, one of the times we went there. And we didn't think that mirror would be it anymore. And it felt like we were trying to look for it until I forgot. It was either Mike or Erica. We said that we checked the bathroom mirrors and then we're like, well, let's go. So we went to the men's room and I put my hand towards the mirror. Didn't really feel much. And then I put it on the mirror, my fingertips pressing against it. And I started to feel something. And then I, when I then I think he, uh, Aaron got a message over the SB seven saying something about, yeah, that's it. Or mm-hmm. something, yep. and I pulled from the mirror. And when I did, you heard the mirror crack. Like I wasn't pressing crazy. super hard. I mean, I'm a strong person, but I'm not strong enough to crack mirror by just pressing my fingers against it. But yeah, they heard a distinctive crack come from it as I pulled, and it was a good, good amount of strong energy coming from it. So we did mm-hmm. that one, and we did a women's bathroom, yep. and both had dark energy attached to it. So that always made me wonder, like. And your experience from times in the past, like what would make a mirror haunted? Um, several things. Uh, the big one is uh, it spent so much time in one location that essentially it's um, it's just seen years and years and years. Um, if someone spent a lot of time, not saying they were vague or anything like that or superficial, but if you spent a lot of time in the mirror looking at yourself, make sure yourself looks good, you know, things like that. Some people really like their vanity or their mirror, stuff like that. And then essentially they, in a sense, almost find their way back to the mirror. Like the mirror is their way to, in a sense, become their portal to have access to the home that they were once in. That's probably the most common thing that I've actually seen in the field. The second one is uh, demonic um, would be more so they use them to jump from room to room or place to place, basically but can also be captured in there under the right circumstances and also be taken away. And they don't like that because they rather roam free or just be taken off the plane. They don't want to be stuck in an object for the rest of their days, but you know, you, if they don't want to go the hard way or the easy way, sometimes there's like, Hey, I'm going to be either put you in this mirror or you can leave, choose one. So those are probably the two most common things I would say is either demonic or um, belong to a family member or someone that you got it from, from a, we'll, we'll talk about this, but like going to yard sales and antique stores that can also trigger some things too. So you have to be careful of what you select and kind of get the right feel for it when you're doing it. So that's the two common cases is got it from somewhere else, belong to the family member or demonic basically. I know. Cause one of the first times you came over to my house, um, you were pointing your finger on the mirrors. I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to know. I was like, well, you guys are, you know, you guys tell about your experiences and stuff like that. And, you know, I listened to podcasts before we all got together and got to know each other really well and became really good friends. But so I was like, well, I got to know where, you know, just in case, because you guys are like, you know, you expel your stuff. Um, like when you like felt the water, you know, when you do your pools and stuff. And then Megan previously before all that stuff, which now it's more protected. But back then she would get like some visitors while she was showering and stuff like that. So I just had to know, man, like I had to just stick my finger there and just make sure. <laughs> and it was good. It was straight line. So I was like, all right, we're good here. So, well, that's where I learned when you were telling me about the, the finger test with mirror. Now it goes yep. more than just, you know, figuring out if a mirror is two way or not. The finger right. test you're talking about is if your finger is not aligned with your reflection. Right. If it's off by like substantial, I'm talking like, if it's just like, and people can't see, but if they're, if your finger's still touching it one way or the other, you're okay. But it's when like, you're like, you're pointing it and it's like off by like several inches. I'm talking like six inches, like seven. I've seen it as much as a foot and it was ridiculous. Like it almost was like a different parallel that you're seeing. It was warped in a lot of, you know, people scientifically would say, well, maybe the, the mirror's warped or it's old or out of place or something like that. But to be honest with you, a lot of times it's having to do with people spend so much time. It pulls the energy from it and, or someone has used it to try to communicate, um, you know, just like people use Ouija boards or um, different apps and stuff like that. This is a way for them to try to see essentially the other side. And that's another theory we can talk about, but definitely um, scribing is probably the best one, whether you practice, you know, 
that type of stuff, or you're just trying to communicate with a loved one. And a lot of times that's what happens is people see the stuff on Google or, you know, online and decide I'm going to try to use my mirror to try to talk to somebody. And then it doesn't go well. So <laughs> well, shit, mirrors always been the, the thing of, 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 uh, of legend, especially with uh, the, the bloody Mary yep, thing. That's the big to, one. Yeah. It's like oh, bloody Mary into the mirror, like three times she shows up and stuff like that, but it has to be in the dark, which looking in the, in the mirror in the dark anyway, is always a creepy vibe. Cause you see a shadow, of yourself in a reflection mm-hmm. um or sometimes you don't see anything at all i remember some of those like this weird thing on tiktok that i saw like a challenge stare in a mirror for 20 minutes and you're, you're feel your reality change or something and i know it, see, i've seen that one but I, i've heard some crazy challenges before yeah but it was funny is that the mirrors at the web weren't off that dramatically but they were still no. off like i didn't notice it except well i never put my finger to the mirror but I put my finger to it when I had was doing the pull, and it mm-hmm. looked like my fingertips were off by like the smallest smidge, like they weren't aligned. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, "Oh, that's what I figured out." It's like the mirror is, is is haunted essentially, or it has you know something in it. It's held energy, yeah. Oh, look at the environment it was around, and essentially that bathroom wasn't a bathroom one time, and there was a female that passed there. Um, that was a known thing in its history book, so it's like. Boom, there's a lot of trauma right there, not to mention the stuff we had to deal with in the basement. That's only quite a few steps away, and that's it. And then the stuff upstairs. So, I mean, like, imagine through the years how much energy it's had to take on. Literally just sucked up <laughs> what it possibly could. It was but pretty I, crazy. I didn't realize that we, we just did. We have everyone who's listening going to their mirrors in their house, putting their <laughs> fingers against it. Please be careful. <laughs> um, if you... And it, I guess that would lead to a second part is that if you do got a haunted mirror, what would one do with it? Um, so the couple options you can do, you could essentially, if you are strong in practice or faith, um, regardless if that's, you know, um, light work or if you are big into, um, you know, whether it's Buddhism or if you're like myself, uh, Christianity, where, you know, I definitely will get some uh, holy water that you guys have provided and, Mm-hmm. others in the past but i'll take some of that and then um you know just um uh, do that or some holy oil um just say a prayer mean it you know like really be like listen like i don't i'm not gonna have this thing affect me in the name of the father son and the holy spirit you know i make sure that nothing is going to come out of this uh mirror and make sure that nothing harms me or my household and you, you know say it like you mean it then i just make the cross on the top of the mirror and that's that if stuff still continues and is stronger than what you think, or there's something a little bit darker there, that's where um, I would recommend taking down the mirror or replacing it and then removing that outside. Um, please try not to break it. Um, if you shatter it, that's a, uh, I mean, there's always superstition that I'm not big on superstition. My mother was, but mm-hmm. don't smash your mirror because essentially um, it cannot be essentially the thing that might be inside the mirror could possibly release itself that way too, almost like it busted out of jail type situation. So you got to be careful, take it out, remove it, put a blanket on it. If you want to essentially, then you could take it to um, a landfill or whatever you got to do, or just, I'd recommend not giving it to an antique shop. I know people are trying to make a quick buck on it, but if you know something feels weird or off about it, please don't do that. In fact, just call people that are paranormal teams like ourselves or whoever's in your area and then just have them, remove it kindly for you and then they'll dispose of it the right way. Um, those are the two common things. Um, I mean, that's the, just please don't break them. Cause that's the, the misconception. Like, yeah, I'll just break it and that stuff will go away. No, no, you, you just release whatever's inside of there basically. So <laughs> that makes me wonder like how many haunted objects are like at thrift stores? <laughs> Several. Um, <laughs> there's certain ones that are like good. And then, um, there's one, for example, Second Blessing. Um, they're in the area. I think it's either Newport or Moorhead. I keep forgetting these, the name swap. I think it's Newport, I want to say. Um, but they're very much Christian-based. So it's like they usually pray over a lot of this stuff. So it feels good when you walk in there. And there are some. Um, I've walked in some in Jacksonville, some in Wilmington. And it's it feels off. Um, there's even some near our friends there at the Octagon House and the property across the streets where – you know, nice ladies, um, good vibes, stuff like that. But they just take y'all all in and, and resell. So there's not a lot of work being put into cleanse those objects and or mirrors sometimes. So um, it happens a lot. The more, the more than you think. 
I know. It just it's like I feel like it's like almost a you know trove of things to uh that cause problems. And I I always my theories around mirrors and I've heard different legends from different parts of the world I always like, talk about um when it comes to mirrors and human eyes and like saying if your mm-hmm. reflection of your eyes are black it's this it mean that you're possessed but that's it because the eyes always say the window of the soul and mm-hmm. if your your eye reflection in the mirror are black but you look at someone that they're not then you know we're saying that you, you're on the level of oppression or something like that the biggest one i've actually seen is like someone's like videoing or they're documenting them looking at the mirror and then they'll hear something and turn away but the reflection doesn't and it stares right at them. And a lot of times I know that's like an entity or something's coming up and using your, essentially your, you know, your mirror image to then kind of do what it does. But that's probably like the most common thing, whether it's YouTube or seeing it myself in one investigation. Um, Of course that was a darker one, a private case, but yeah. So that's probably the biggest one I've seen. Yikes. (laughs) Are you uh, uninclined to tell that story? Or? Yeah, it's a private one. Uh, <laughs> previous team don't, okay. don't really need to talk about it. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, when it comes to mirrors, I always, I mean, the legends go behind it saying that it's like, you know, a gateway to another world that you're seeing reflection is the opposite version of you in mirror world. And is that kind of place like that? But uh, mirrors, I what well, they've always been able to be seen as the um, like a portal. And they're used as portals because it's essentially the same. I don't know where we're trying to go with this answer. Um, they always seem like portals to another world or the other dimension or even the other reflection of yourself. Now, I, mean, I talked about the multiple first thing before in, in different in different uh, episodes and different conversations we've had. But if the multiple version of yourself can be seen in reflection, you're one to you're one to your second. Maybe the dimension is right over. Then that would make sense of how your reflection remains the same, um, and almost like mirrored, obviously. And yep. there's that theory surrounding like like the mirrors or your other version of yourself. That's when you put like a mirror next to a mirror and you look through it, you see like consistent repeats yep. on yeah. go on and go on and go on for infinity. Yeah, yeah. So that's the people think to theorize that's how you can see the multiverse, the multiple yep. versions. If you could somehow see to the end of that, you would start seeing changes. Mm-hmm. dramatically through each reflection um though that, that there is an experiment done by some rich guy I, I talked about it before i still yet to find it where what i from where i heard it from but essentially he built a kind of a shadow box or something that i think was what it called but he would down angle a mirror in a room that's dark lit by one candle only mm-hmm. and you could see the reflection in the mirror but you weren't able to see yourself in the reflection of the mirror and you basically concentrate on the loved one that you want to speak with, and uh-huh. they would appear within either mist, either you would see them in reflection, or sometimes you would just feel them there. Yeah. And I remember he talked about it was like the safest way to connect you to side without any repercussions of dealing with something demonic, like when people blame us Ouija boards. You can mm-hmm. try to communicate with the other side, but most of the time you're opening up the, 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 was it the airwaves <laughs> for anything dark within the vicinity. Or mm-hmm. anything dark that uses the Ouija boards and stuff like that. Um, so that's how I always thought like mirrors could be portals in that kind of way. But it always seems I'll be in another object that can be trapped, um, trapped entities and such. So luckily, something that we never had to deal with, not on a major scale. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. And there's like the most famous haunted yes. mirror. Resides um, in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, no, Zach owns it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the Bella Lugosi mirror, uh, or Bella Lugosi's haunted mirror, and Bella Lugosi is, was famously known for playing Dracula in the the black and white one that came out what like nineteen thirties, no, nineteen forties, fifties. It was still black and white and silent. So whatever yeah, era silent time films, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, his. Haunted mirror. Never really give any answer of how he got haunted in the first place. I think himself he would use it. Um, I think the, right. the the general myth was like he started because he wanted to like get the look down for like Dracula and stuff like that. But then it came into like he got darker and and started practicing 
some things, I think, or he was just curious and started dabbling in it. So like we talked about scribing or like looking into it long periods of time. I think that's how it started and it just became more warped, more darker to where now it affects people really badly now when you look at it more than a couple of minutes. So. Now, now I remember. Okay. No, Lugosi was allegedly into the occult. There we go. And then that would may have led you – sorry, that's what he used a mirror supposedly in his rituals. Um, it was even a, a test of a story with his sister um, of the owner who owned it last before Zach Bacon said that anytime she slept in the room with the mirror, she would wake up with scratches on her body. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Um, I mean, he was really hardcore trying to practice on that thing. Yeah, I remember the episode um, Zach had of he was basically investigating the museum, his haunted museum in Las Vegas, which ugh, I just imagine walking in there and feeling that energy mm-hmm. <laughs> of all those things combined in one place. Um, but no, he had, I forgot the name of the guy who he had look into the mirror. The guy, I can't remember, he was either a claim to be an occultist or he thought himself a vampire. I don't remember what the guy's thing was, but he... Mm-hmm stared into the mirror for a long period of time. And he said why he was standing in the mirror and his girlfriend was behind him uh, in their same room. And she thinks she had a, a, a you know, digital recorder in her hand or something. And he said he kept seeing like shadows appearing over his shoulder and stuff like that. And it wow. came to, a, it came to a point where uh, she was, she, she called out the guy's name and he didn't respond. And he turned around and he stared at her and he started walking t- towards her. I remember the episode like like a zombie almost like he was about to yeah. choke her or something and he ended up falling to the ground and remember his hat fell off. Yeah. And uh, I think he, he was said, slightly possessed there for a moment. Yeah, that's what the uh, was it the consensus was is that he was mildly possessed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his only because the way he was walked toward her was kind of how like Dracula or this Bella Lugosi's Dracula walked in the film when mm-hmm. he would walk towards a female heroine before he like like bit her neck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the connection was to Zach. Yeah, that's right. The guy thought himself a vampire. That's why the connection he was trying to make with the, and maybe because Lugosi played Dracula and the guy thought himself a vampire and it's a connection, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I remember that specifically. And most of the time, I'll say all the time, <laughs> he has that mirror covered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As it should be. A lot of people, <laughs> like if you choose to keep a haunted mirror in here just because you want, you know, a little creep factor in your home, please cover it. <laughs> a sheet. Um, you could put, um, I've seen people do like the whole hanger thing on the top, like for um, blinds and then just put blinds on the top of it. And then when I guess they want to see it or have stuff happen, they pull the blinds up and then proceed. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I remember I was reading this thing, and this is a long time ago. I was reading this thing on, like, how to prevent ghosts from entering your home. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the weirdest sounding ones. And one from, like, put put a, your pair of shoes at the foot of your bed, one forward and one opposite. Wow. Okay. Like, I was like, I don't understand that. Uh, like, what? He's like, somehow it confuses the ghost. So I was like, okay. Um, direction. Okay. Yeah. Something about um, the salt, of course, but that works yes. with basically everything. Yep. Um, the other one was uh, taping or putting a mirror opposite. Like, basically, you put a mirror on your door, but flip it. So the reflection is aimed at the door. So when the spirit walks through the door, they see the reflection. and go, oh, a ghost is already here. So, and then it leaves. <laughs> that has to be like a superstition or, or not a rumor, I'd say, but it's not a practice of something. That's actually a cool theory. I would be interested to see if we found like a haunted mirror, if we turned around, if it literally would fix itself, maybe. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if that'd be true or not. Because the mirror, I think it works in a sense of, especially ones that like that, if you flip it up backwards, you're basically just covering it. Yeah. The mirror, the mirror is still haunted. It's just, you know, this same as you putting a blanket over or something. Yeah. Basically keeps them from peeking into your household and, you know, get close enough to where it could move some things or, you know, essentially make the room or the atmosphere, or the environment worse than or off, basically. Because sometimes they're not bad, bad ones that are in there. Like sometimes it's like it's grandma or it's, you know, your uncle or somebody that, that really just like that old mirror, you know, like. Oh, excuse me. And then most teams would have to 
take the time and ask the questions and have the stuff to it, you're pretty much a human EMF reader. So I can just be like, hey, Isaac, is this bad or good? <laughs> we can just get down to bare, brass tacks and start asking the main questions and then move along. And that's it. So, <laughs> now, And then um, dealing with haunted objects, because this is like this, well, this episode, secondly, haunted objects, part two slash haunted nice. mirrors. Um, the only haunted object I've encountered so far was that uh, gargoyle that uh, Mike had. That was that was like the main one. Um, I'm glad that's over with. That then I'm glad you were able to. That was cool because that was the test. Like we really wanted to know, like, could you feel it off of objects and not just area? You know, like yeah, you know, the location. So now we know it's objects and locations. So then the next one's essentially people. We'll see. You know, I'm not <laughs> trying I'm not trying to have it, but like I said, we deal with the darker stuff. So if it happens, it happens. Um, but yeah, the gargoyle was a big one um, back in. When I first started doing it, it was uh, me and my friend Amber. Uh, miss you, Amber. So I know sometimes you listen. So, um, But uh, we had one where it was like a medallion or a war medal at someone's house. And essentially it was the guy that served. Um, and then he just wanted to make sure that his stuff, um, essentially the questions were asked like, why do you stick around? Are you proud? Or did you feel regret? And then essentially it's without going into detail, uh, war stuff he regrets certain things that he had to do but it was in the line of service it's just one of those things to where like it's hard to let go um so trying to cope with that and then making sure that his medals were displayed he wanted them like put in like a cool little plaque display type thing so we told the family like he would be honored if you had him in his home and then he can be at peace that way he can not feel remorse for what he had to do do in service that was probably one of the cooler haunted objects thing because then you know once we once they did that, he essentially, he passed. Like when we went back to see them again, the the feeling was absolutely completely 180. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, because remember I, I, I touched a gargoyle. Um, mm-hmm. I, but before that, I I was feeling around for the energy because um, I felt a strong pull coming from his, um, was it the garage in the back? And... Uh, that's when I started feeling a pull in that direction. I go, why is it coming from that area? And Mike was like, well, just go in there, find it, see what you find. <laughs> he wanted and, to test you. Yeah. <laughs> and it led me right to the gargoyle. And I remember him saying something about it. And I was like, oh, this is a haunted object. This is it. And I was like, okay. So I went and touched it. And when I did, I could feel the energy immensely coming from it. And I basically pulled it like I would pull anything. And it all basically became empty. The object itself came empty. Mm-hmm. Now, when I usually pull something, it's a well, spirit who has the energy to be there, the uh, energy that they would be on the plane. And that's what usually we chalked it up to, at least what so far I've learned anyway. So when it comes and that energy can not all the time, but most of the time be built up again, but it takes time for them to do that. Right. I don't know how many time it takes for an uh, entity to build energy in order to be on the plane, but you know, take your guess amount of days, weeks, months, who knows. And, but with a hundred objects, uh, I don't know if it ever could come back because all this energy is in that one vessel. So when I take it out of it, it's basically released off the plane, but not in that object anymore. So it's essentially what I might, my theory is that when I take haunted object energy off or out of the object, it, whatever spirit was attached to it or in it is now out of the object and also off the plane at the same time. So not only would it have to build energy to come back to be on the plane, it would take even more energy to try to get back to the object. That's if the object was the main reason, you know? Yeah. I also get the, I get the thing because of what was, and we won't go into the history of Mike's house. Cause there's, you know, some mm-hmm. things, but completely clean now. Um, you know, uh, but at the same time, the, the stuff that would try to linger was in the backyard. So essentially in my mind, I see it as like that thing was trying to find anything that was remotely like in the past of, uh, the previous owner's life that was negative or in the place around the area that was negative. I think it just latched onto something because it couldn't get into the actual house anymore. So I think it was trying to find a, just essentially a a temporary home to see if it could somehow someone would pick it up one day and either take it to someone else's house or back inside a regular home and then wreak its havoc there, you know? And didn't you guys get that gargoyle from like a, um, 
it was the previous owner. Um, it was from Tim. Um, I won't go into much detail to respect for him and his family. Uh, he was just in some, uh, gang activity and stuff like that in the past. And, uh, and I won't say the names of the bikers or anything like that, but they did some, some bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff gets people disappeared, things disappear. So more of the story is that came from that lo- location where he was at and where the club would meet at and, you know, st- stuff that wasn't so nice and very negative needed something to latch onto. So they found the ugly duckling, which was the gargle. Cause that thing was ugly and hideous, right? Yeah. It was missing an ear too. Yeah. It was already beat up, but it found what it did. And, you know, gargles are misrepresented sometimes. I think, you know, we all remember the show back in the day. That stuff was awesome. But, uh, <laughs> but like this one was, was ugly looking and looked like it meant to be evil. It had the snarl and everything. So like it matched the description of a haunted object to the, to the T. So. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to and spirits haunting, or even possessing certain objects, like the most famous ones, like Annabelle that we talked about in the last episode, mm. even Robert the doll. What the Warren said about Annabelle is that she's not more of a haunted object. She's more of a vessel, mm-hmm. an almost a, 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 we call it a gateway for demonic spirits to come through um, when they choose to. She's got and a higher anchor and using her doll, a raggedy Ann doll. So it goes to show you if done the wrong way or be left to do some harm, um, even the coolest looking toys can be the most vicious. So, well, yeah, there's a new story um, about a new haunted doll that's like wreaking havoc. Apparently, uh, in Mexico, is that Elsa doll from Frozen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, I mean, maybe it might show up at Zach's door, or someone will bring it to the attention and gauge <laughs> its power, or at least hopefully they don't test it too terribly, or they are cautious about it. But I have heard of it. Isn't that the one that's like its arms are moving and then all of a sudden like people are dying and stuff like that if it they hang out with it too long I think or they 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 hit it or they, they I don't know, it's something about disgracing it or something like that things bad things uh, happen to people to do it so it just like throws it in a closet or something it gets mad and starts taking it out on them yep Ugh. but that makes me wonder about different hot objects at least ones that are that that level like Annabelle's like that like she has she's on a whole other level yeah yeah. You know, does it take a certain entity to go into it to create that kind of vessel? Or is it a haunted object like the one I took from the gargoyle, just like something just plain or too small or wasn't around nothing enough or just had enough one entity? Uh, excuse me. Hey, spaghetti earlier. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the point I was trying to get across. Yeah. So certain objects, does it require a certain entity to create it to make it become a vessel like Annabelle? Versus just a haunted object like the gargoyle that I took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on that? Um, no, I don't know. It's one of those mysteries, man. I'm just, I'm still, <laughs> uh, it's, it's theory. And, you know, it's like, like, I mean, we all heard a story of Annabelle, but it's like, how did something that evil get into that doll to even begin with? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like it tells the story, but it's like, she, they, the person essentially bought it from a store. So someone knew essentially before Annabelle's story was told that this thing was bad. And it's, and that's why I tell people like, if you know, it's haunted, please don't give it to an antique store or give it to like a consignment shop, like bury it. Um, please don't burn it, but <laughs> bury it. Um, bless it. Take it to the dump, throw it away. You know what I'm saying? Something basically. But that's essentially what I thought is like, it was evil to begin with. They just didn't know the, the craziness of Annabelle, you know? And Robert, the doll situation is that that doll is, um, possessed in a level though, that it moves because the mm-hmm. bottom of his feet, it looked like more like he walks around. Yep. Which, like he moves. He, he's not in the same position a lot of times and he's in that museum. They say he moves around all the time. Like they have to like be careful and their handlers have to like ask him permission to put him back in the chair and stuff like that. Like, he gets around, man. <laughs> if you wonder about the entity that's in that versus Annabelle, because it seems though, if you ask for permission and treat Robert with respect, he doesn't cause harm to you. But Annabelle, if you just touch her, bad things She'll happen kill you. to you. Yeah, yeah. But she, the thing is, like Annabelle is like out to destroy. It's almost like Robert has a conscience, or he's 
I don't want to say he's demonic, but the stuff that he's done when he's been disrespected, I'm like, holy cow, like he's literally caused accidents and like disease. And I was like, this thing has to be at least ancient. I was like, I always thought maybe is Robert like an elemental, maybe like, does he, I don't think he's a guardian per se, because he comes off a bit sinister, but at the same time, he still has a conscience of you respect him. You ask him to take his picture. He's good with you as long as you don't call him names and stuff like that. Annabelle just wants to destroy you. That's it. <laughs> so, Which made me wonder, after I gained these abilities of mine, what could I do to Annabelle? That would be the ultimate test, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally like, hey, let's go to the Warren's Museum. I'm like, ah, oh, No, man. it's not there anymore. Where, oh, is Annabelle secretly held by the Warren's, our, uh, Ed's uh, son? No, he still uh, got her. Their son-in-law. He has it. That's right. Yeah. She, he has to like salt it, put her in a briefcase, like double lock her up when she's not in her display and stuff like that. And he handles her with oven mitts. <laughs> I mean, I mean, would you want him to touch her, touch her? Nah, nah man. Nah, nah man. Nah. I mean, I have faith and, you know, I'm very confident in what we do, but like, I still ain't try to touch her. No way, man. Like I'll, I'll put some plastic gloves on or something. So put some baseball gloves on. I'll be like AJ Styles. We'll do it the right way, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just. I guess what I attest what for me when it. Well, I already did one hunt object, but something more extreme, more advanced. I guess when we start dealing with bigger cases and stuff like that, when I come across mm-hmm. it like that, to see if I can pull the energy off that. I don't know. It gives me wonder and, and possibilities of future, like what I could do. Well, what happened with that object? So I got a, you know, I got a good confidence that it can probably happen, whether it be bigger. It's just might take a little bit more of an effort or at least to back you. But I think we, I think we'd be able to be okay. Annabelle would be the test though. And I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet, but <laughs> in time, I mean, if push comes to shove and Annabelle, the only way to get rid of her is to pull whatever is inside of her down there. I meant that might have to be, the ultimate showdown so we'll see mm-hmm. which means if i go to zach bacon's haunted museum i could probably take all the energy from everything it wouldn't be very, <laughs> it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as haunted by the time we left but um you know uh, this is a normal calculator now yeah <laughs> they would have to limit our time in each room because we'd be like all right let's get some answers and then start start sealing <laughs> that'd be a cool place to go just to see i just want to yeah, it would be a good test. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else I was going to say. You haven't dealt with any haunted objects besides the gargoyle and the coin. Yeah, gargoyle, which is the one you had, a medallion. The rest of it's just like um, stuff I've come across other team mem- or other teams with friends I am of that's come across things like they took a brick out of a location that was haunted and essentially. The brick had some energy, so then their house started getting haunted. That was pretty crazy. Um, and then my buddy uh, Steve, he's on the Paranormal Quest. Um, he has a museum of the afterlife, so he's actually collected it from different places there in like West Virginia and then the locations they've been around. So they have, I think that brick came from Moon River Brewing Company, which is the haunted one. I think that one's in either South Carolina, Georgia, I forget. It's somewhere, I think, southern. But that's uh, got some bad juju on it. So, and then he's got like uh, old war stuff and things like that too. So, pretty much wherever he moves with the museum, it becomes haunted no matter the location. So, that was pretty cool. Shit. Near me. Uh, now, I know I talked about it last time, but I want to hear your opinion on it. Sure. The Dybbuk box. Hi. <laughs> well one you shouldn't open it when you're trying to be inside of your museum in quarantine step one don't do it um no um from what i got from um you know reading up in judaism and some knowledge and stuff like that there from others um the dibbuk is essentially um it's either jewish for like a, a demon or a uh darker one basically um in their sense there's this kind of like poltergeist gone super super bad like it's uh someone that was like terrible in life can become a a divic because essentially in judaism belie- belief you wait for your judgment because you know they don't have a messiah per se um so they're waiting for judgment day in god or yahweh 
Um, so essentially like if you're terrible in life, you could be terrible in death or you've been so much waiting for judgment that you essentially go crazy and become poltergeist like or demonic or go dark basically, or you had so much unfinished business that, um, it literally drove you crazy to the point to where you essentially go crazy in death. So Dibbix can be several things, but essentially all darker in nature. Um, do I believe they're real? Yeah, I've seen some that are absolutely fake and they look pretty, but they're you know, essentially Etsy projects or eBay projects. And then I've seen ones that are legit um, where they got it and literally had like Hebrew and stuff inside of it. And essentially nothing was wrong in their home. They tested it, opened it up and stuff went crazy um, and they had to get a priest. It was really that bad. So um, and then you see it on YouTube too, people testing Dibbit boxes and some of them go south real quickly. So, um, do I think they're real? Yeah. Um, the one that Zach had was the ultimate one and then he let it go in the museum. So, I don't know if he's gotten rid of it or he just lets it run free, but it's out now. So, did he open it? I thought he just had what's his face put uh, the remember in quarantine they were they were like stuck or whatever. So, then he decided to legit like open it and he actually opened the dang thing. <laughs> now what he's done afterwards, uh, there's been, you know, posts and stuff like that. I think he's met a credit that he tried to get someone to come in to seal it back or get it put back in the box. I just don't know how easy it is to put it back in there. You know, yeah. why don't you just remove it? And that's what I'm getting at basically. So why try to put it back in something? If you already let it out, get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? And it goes with the, I just remembered something, um, but the old legend of King Solomon, speaking of Judaism, yeah. uh, uh, King Solomon's ring, mm. his infamous ring that he binds uh, demons uh, into it or doing to, to do his will. And that's literally how was it um, the Temple of Solomon was built in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think that ring would hold all the energy of demons that he's trapped in it from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to that ring? Well, no one really knows whether it was real or not. That's another thing too. Um, but that ring alone would be a extremely haunted object for the amount of you know demonic entities that it was trapped in it, or at least mm-hmm. binded to it. Yep. And then both Judaism and and Christianity. I mean, Solomon was a wise wise king. Um, essentially, God asked what he wanted the most, and he sought knowledge. And so, essentially, that's how demonology kind of came to be now because of Solomon and the 72 demons that he found and were able to seal within a ring and control, which I'm sure that had to be some divine instruction or understanding, whether it's angels that visit him or God himself. But um, that, that ring would be a lot of energy. It would have to be held by someone that would know how to essentially not use them for terrible things um, or, you know, just essentially keep them sealed and not, remove them. Uh, I guess Solomon learned how to kind of move them to his will to help build the temple. I don't know how that, you know, it was just, that was the story, but I wonder if that's where it's like, it gets weird. Like does Solomon essentially take the ring and then just brings one of his servants up, gets it possessed by one of those things. And then like, Hey, go build this. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he'd go that far, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've always wondered that. <laughs> and also a sense of what, what it makes you wonder when it comes to haunted objects and its, and its own self and haunted objects. I talked about in the, the previous episode, the previous one talking about Lucy. It's almost, you don't take things from haunted locations. Um, majority of the time mm-hmm. because spirits can attach to them make an attachment and stuff like that. That's yep. why your place would get haunted. If you, if you take a small thing as like a rock from a certain location or something like that, um, or a brick, <laughs> or a brick. Yeah. And, and it goes to the idea that we become attached, attached to our, 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 uh, our possessions, uh, even in the afterlife and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And mostly I always chuck the haunted object up to something that you used regularly that you also cared about an inanimate object. Like I think I told <laughs> told my wife, I was like, I guess my haunted object is what most people don't guess it is. Some people, oh, your PS4, no, or like, or like a a piece of jewelry, no, <laughs> or one of your knives, no. Um, my haunted object, if someone took from the house that originally from, I would haunt them. Funny enough, 
is my blanket. And and I don't say blanket like full blanket. Oh. My blanket that my grandmother made me when I was five years old that I still have to this day. That's yeah. In tattered rags, as my wife says. Right right, Something that's sentimental. Yeah. And yes, but don't take it from you. <laughs> take it. I even get mad now when she, she washes it. Um, <laughs> uh, that would be something that I probably would haunt somebody over. And the other little things, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that one thing for sure, if you took the house, I'd come after you. Um, what would essentially be your haunted object? I've always thought about that. I was like, <laughs> would it be my beard straightener? Would it be no, like not. my Breaking Benjamin hat that I wear religiously? Like, that, that would, would it be yeah. clothing? Okay. I, I thought about it. I was like, maybe the Breaking Benjamin one, but eventually it's going to fall apart and I'm going to just have to go to another concert. Hopefully, knock on wood, that we can go see concerts here soon. They're already starting. So, yeah. hopefully, Breaking Benjamin comes back into town and then I can essentially just get a backup because uh, <laughs> I'm not torn. It's not that. It's the... It's, like we're you know you guys were talking to music and stuff like that breaking benjamin brings a lot of emotion and, and good stuff for me so it's not essentially the the hat it's the band you know um i don't know what it now that cds aren't a thing like i used to like you know play the crap out of a breaking benjamin cd but it would break and i just buy another one so um it probably had to be something that my family gave me uh I think I still kind of like you, I have like old blankets or like I have old like quilts and stuff like that, that were made that essentially like is, is meaningful to my family and has been passed down. So something like that, I, I don't think it would be an collection. odd or true. Um, <laughs> but this thing, like I like it and I like the, you know, watching it and, you know, looking at it and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm getting too old, so I can't play arm anymore. I would like to some days, but I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I pose them and then I put them on the shelf, but yeah. n- none of these things are, you know, it's not going to keep me to this world. You know what I'm saying? So uh, essentially the goal would not to be possessed or not be <laughs> on an item basically, but it'd probably have to be like the old, like Afghan my mom made or my grandma made or something like that for sure too. So, yeah, I think I asked this the last time we recorded this, but I ask it again to people who are listening to DMS. What would your haunted object be? I'm sure we're gonna have a post about this episode, so you guys gonna yeah. comment on what you tell us in the comments. Yeah, is it on YouTube? <laughs> we, you guys are though. You guys yeah, have the, well, the audio at least. You know what? And I then eventually you'll have a. Stu- I don't know. If uh, I think time, time travel was the last one you guys put. That was a good one. Can't remember. Uh, I think anyway, it's on there. So go, hey, check out Hidden the Shadows podcast YouTube. The audio is yeah. on there. So, but soon video. So keep tabs. Yeah. Well, we get our own place. Um, I think we're at a good amount of time. Um, yes. Do you appreciate helping me out? No problem. I'm glad I can be the the substitute coming off the bench, the sixth man. I like to call it. <laughs> uh. And I find out this is where I would plug you guys, or sorry, our paranormal team. But since yep. you're here, you can just do it yourself. Sure. Um, <laughs> we, you can find us mainly anywhere on social media is at No Quarter Paranormal. The only thing different uh, would be Twitter. That's No Quarter Para, uh, just because we ran out of letters. Um, we do have a YouTube. Um, I actually put it in a link. It's on Instagram. That's the easiest to find us and to subscribe. So I'd recommend doing that. I believe uh, Megan's going to make us a link tree. So we'll have it to where all the um, clicky things you can click on and, and find us. Um, yeah, we, we do have t-shirts out available. So if you, uh, we're a completely nonprofit organization, we help people, we help locations we don't ask anything for it. Um, we do have some cool investigations that might be coming up in the future. So if you'd like to support us, please buy a shirt. Um, you can do it at bonfire.com slash, I think it's NQP logo T. Um, so pretty plain and simple. Um, that's the best way to support us or, um, just, comments likes anything that you can on instagram we're very active on instagram on twitter and on facebook so that's like the three um but we do have tiktok we're growing we're past 100 followers finally yay hey tiktok uh so shout out to uh megan and the rest of the team that's been helping us with graphics and stuff like that we really do appreciate it but yes um please look for us um big things coming up especially in the summer and the fall um some iconic locations that I think we'll finally be able to go to. So we shall see. So to be determined, but uh, I appreciate you having me on. And it was always, it's always fun talking like this. Like we do when you, we usually hang out anyway. So <laughs> yeah, always running theories by each other. You may think about, think about this. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. You got to stretch the mind. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you can check us out, guys, at Hidden in the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden in the Shah 6 at, uh, on Twitter, Hidden in the Podcast 2 <laughs> on uh, TikTok. I'm not saying it in a Boston accent. That's how it's spelled. Um, mm-hmm. oh, we, we do have a Facebook and, of course, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast on YouTube. We can listen on YouTube if you want. I know you probably listen to somewhere else or you found us on YouTube, whatever. Um, Hidden in Shadows Podcast.com is where you can go to to find all our links to and all the ways you can listen to us. Also, connections to our merch because apparently we have merch now. Yeah, you guys have t shirts out now. I'm about to buy one actually, probably tomorrow. So I know we've been dragging our asses on it, uh, but uh, we finally got around to it because <laughs> because of you, you know, uh, hey. the same people you use, we're going to use as well. So yep. the material is going to be the same. And I can say so far that material is nice. It's very nice. Yeah, it is. It's not too thick. It's not too thin. It's not it scratchy. Stretch. It does feel almost like the you, hot topic slim fit tees. Remember it's those? very forming. Like it, yeah. you know, um, it definitely makes your shoulders look nice. Hey, yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got broad shoulders too. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, you can get a, get a shirt, guys. We actually have, of course, the Hidden in Shadows logo, but also the uh, Believe in the Paranormal uh, thing that we kind of trademarked almost i know it's like why didn't anyone else do that before because they're idiots and we're gonna cash in on that theme <laughs> should have got your uh, copyright <laughs> yeah it was actually really cheap too i didn't, I didn't think mm-hmm. it'd be more than that but anyway um also guys bonus episode this friday uh, i know this feels like one but not so don't don't get yeah I like don't get it too uh well actually i got a bonus interview with uh ricky from uh haunted pickers oh yeah I yeah. got him on Facebook. He's a cool dude. That's yeah. going to be exciting. I'm excited. So basically, I'm going to talk to him about uh, haunted objects that he has collected or even countered. So we get, like we've been trying to do, um, most main episode is the episode. And then we have a bonus episode that's uh, connected to the episode. So like last time we had the music episode with the bonus episode was Erica. Um, who is a musician. By the way, if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It was a really good bonus episode that Megan did. Um, and if you listen to it today, uh, check for Friday for the bonus episode I did with uh Ricky from Haunted Pickers, um, which I'll be interesting. One is too. I at the moment can't think of next week's episode, so look to our Instagram for that. Yes, <laughs> all things social, look to it. I know we talked about something, but I can't think of it right now, but we will post it about it later on Instagram. So. So look forward to that if you want to check out next week's episode, which I'm assuming is going to be good, like this one is. Always. And hopefully Megan will be back. Yes, we miss you, Megan. <laughs> but always, I'll catch your widows in the next one. <laughs>